look at the other Kansas City teams in sports, here's Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero. Thanks what? for tuning in. What has you so excited, <laughs> Jillian? You were shaking your arms in the air to begin the show. Yes, there was a celebratory dance because I remembered to turn my mic on before I started talking. Oh, yeah, that, that is an accomplishment. We sh- If we could play copyrighted music, we should play Cool in the Gang, <laughs> celebrate, to celebrate the fact that she uh, did the one very basic thing Listen, that you do in radio. She's a quick learner. I just, she is a fast learner. I'm very eager to get going, and sometimes I forget to put you know, push the button that says on. That is true. She regularly, probably at least twice a show, she tries to talk, especially after we're done playing the interviews. Yeah. Uh, she'll no. she'll twice a sh- Yeah, yeah. It usually it's happens usually after the interviews. the beginning. However. No, it's like after we do the interviews, you'll like start talking before you hit, your, hit the uh, on button on your mic. Anyway, moving on. Breaking news in the kingdom. We have, um, we'll get to the preview of our show in a moment, but there's a couple of transactions in Chief's kingdom that we can't go on without talking about. Um, earlier in the week, well, or yesterday? Running, I think it was yesterday. Running back, Tarkandrick West signed to wear the red and gold again, and I'm I'm personally thrilled. I think he brings a lot to the team. I think uh, just his spirit is infectious. I love um, having a big old smile like that around. Um, I think he's going to do some good things on the field. And then within the hour? Within the hour. In the last, <laughs> I don't know, was it 30, 45 minutes, the Kansas City Chiefs made a big, Big sign. It doesn't seem this big because it's uh it's December. What is it? December sixth. So anybody that you sign on December sixth usually isn't a very big signing. But we just got ourselves a big one here. The Kansas City Chiefs have officially signed wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm telling you right now, Kelvin Benjamin is going to make you forget about how awful that Sammy Watkins contract is. He's going to make you forget about. How uh, Demetrius Harris doesn't seem to catch the four-yard outs. You have he, 30 seconds left. He could catch. <laughs> I, I'm trying to talk here. He could catch the the 20-yard pass down the field with two defenders next to him, but he can't seem to catch that four-yard out. So I am happy. Kelvin Benjamin, he's going to be a tight end more than likely, maybe that third, fourth receiver. The Chiefs are going to the I just uh, I went ahead and just cut his mic off. <laughs> Jillian, if you want to go ahead. How much time did I have on. left? The uh, did you did you cheat me on my time? Uh, I, I did. told you a minute before the show because the bosses are gonna like us like me talking too much about the Chiefs. Well, but when something get... like this happens, we address it. So we are thrilled. Another offensive weapon. Added. Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'll cut your mic off again. Okay, we're excited about that. Let's get back to our show, previewing <laughs> this show today. Uh, lots to talk about. So first of all, obviously the reaction of Sporting Kansas City losing the Western Conference Final. Yeah, we happened. will hear from. Two-time NAIA national champ, uh, head coach of the Park Pirates women's volleyball team and men's volleyball team. Yes. However, we're talking women's right now. Uh, coach Telemontes, one of my faves. Uh, we're also going to hear from Bobby Volker. Yep. Ahead of MMA it. fighter, UFC, strike force. Now he fights for Shamrock FC. Got a fight coming up on Saturday at the uh, Maristar Casino. We'll hear from Against, him. Uh, Darius Flowers. Such a... Just savage name. Hardcore name. Called Beast Mode. That's a savage name right there. But his name is Flowers. Yeah, no, but it's Beast Mode. What do you say? What are you trying to say, Jillian? Yeah, what, what are you, you trying, trying to say? Because his last name Flowers, that he's not tough. name other than Beast Mode, it, I mean, you have to go Beast Mode when your name is Flowers. No, you could be. What, ain't there like a lineman in the, it was like Eric Flowers. He used to play for the Giants. 
Yeah, you got flowers. We we have Brandon, Brandon flowers. flowers. Brandon Jeeves. flowers. Okay. Why are you talking trash about people with the I'm last not name Flowers? Trash. I'm just saying. Like, yeah, you when are. You you're said he's fighter. Soft. Well, I said it sounds soft. Yes, I did. I will attest to that. However, when you're like a fighter, like Bobby Volker's name is Vicious. Vicious Volker. That is a that is a that is a really play. tough name. It's good wordplay. Alliteration there. The V's. And you were making fun of Flowers' uh, chest tattoo. I just—I mean, we all make fun of that. Let's I liked real. it. I Come thought it was good. If you—if you are listening That's right now, true. go look at uh, Darius Flowers on the internet. He's got a, a, a chest tattoo. That's interesting. I like it. I think it's—I think it's a good MMA tattoo. I think it's a good MMA tattoo. What else we got coming? Uh, we also are going to highlight the UMKC women's basketball team. Uh, Coach J.C. Hoyt doing some amazing things. Actually playing at Mizzou as we speak. Uh, game started tip off I think seven oh five. So we'll check into that. Um, Kansas City Comics Comets open their season. Obviously the Kansas City Mavericks doing their thing. And a big topic that uh, pretty big announcement. Obviously in the soccer world, U.S. soccer. So women's team. Uh, the draws are going to be announced within the week for the World Cup. Also, they announced 10 cities in the United States that they'll be visiting, but probably the biggest news is the U.S. men's team hired. Yeah, Greg Berhalter, who is the, uh, he is the coach for the Columbus crew. And um, so that's obviously a, a big, it, anytime a national team coaching change happens, and, you know, this vacancy has been in place for a little while here. So this is obviously going to be big news. Um, you also have Bruce Arena being linked to the Columbus Crew as their general manager. He's got to about to go screw that organization up. <laughs> so a uh, lot of big news coming out. We'll talk about that later on in the show. Right. But first and foremost, I think uh, it demands most of our attention to begin the show is that Sporting Kansas City knocked out of MLS Cup playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Western Conference Finals. They lost 3-2 to two at Children's Mercy Park last year. Thursday, a game that we could not attend because we had to be on the air here. False. Which was very disappointing. I attended the second Yeah, time. yeah. I had, me and Julio had to work in the morning. Well, listen, regardless if you were there watching at home, listening on the radio, it was it was a tough one. Yeah. And I think most importantly, I think you have to keep in the front of your mind, which is difficult to do, that this match did not represent this season or the year in its entirety. Because I think if you look at this year and this team, they were a special team, a very complete team from top to bottom. I think they made some amazing strides and did some amazing things. Unfortunately, just didn't didn't end up in their favor. I, I think the the disappointing thing was about it was that the same issues that they had at the beginning of the season creeped up on them and killed them at the end. Me and Julio talked about this when we did the Sixton FC podcast. Is you know they had issues early on in the season with their backline being able to track guys. And so what ended up happening was you would see guys take advantage of the back line getting preoccupied with too many guys up front, and then somebody sneaks in between them, sneaks in behind them, gets open, and is able to make some, make some goals. And, and that's what ended up happening. They ended up giving up some opportunities because they weren't paying attention to guys that they were supposed to mark in the, in the middle of that uh, back line there. And, it, I mean, it, it was just very simple. They did not go up in pressure on the defensive end. Right. Sebastian, First two goals. Sebastian Blanco's goal from, what, 10 mm-hmm. yards outside the 18? Oh, yeah. It he was way too far out. No one yes. was pressured. I think he got he juked one defender. But he should have been pressured way more than he was. And instead, they just let him get all that space and let off that shot. Right. And it was a stunner. Like, oh, yeah. it was it was a stunner. Yeah. Absolute beautiful shot within centimeters, I would say, of Melia's outstretched hand. Mm-hmm. However, literally no pressure. No, none. So, like, to your point, that's disappointing. Uh, Peter Vermese did mention that in the post-game presser, just saying, you know, you can't, that Portland took advantage of opportunities. 
Sporting Kansas City didn't limit mistakes. And unfortunately, that's what it gets down to when it's a game of inches like that. Yeah, and it was disappointing to see the second goal where they just let the they let the striker just slip in between Beasler and uh, and Opara, and they none nobody's looking at him, nobody's paying attention to him, and so they just let the striker slip slip in between, lob over the top, easy goal. I yeah. mean, it's just it's disappointing because the same issues that we saw at the beginning of the year when they were playing teams like Colorado. And they were allowing goals like that. They were playing teams like Chicago and allowing goals like that, where they're not really pressuring guys, they're not marking guys, and they're allowing these goals. We saw that come back to bite them at the end of the season. And unfortunately, it cost them their season. It cost them their playoff run. You know, it did, obviously, here. Other things to consider, like I, like I said, I think if you step away from just this match, I think the year was absolutely exciting to watch, actually absolutely exciting to be a part of. Um, I think the additions that they brought in this year, obviously Johnny Rockets, right? Yeah. Uh, Felipe Gutierrez. Uh, just Johan Quase, Julio's favorite player. Pass. Huge impacts immediately, um, and I think next year will be great. Let's talk about the roster moves. So a couple of players not coming back. Um uh, One is uh, who is not Julio, <laughs> but uh, your favorite player, Jillian, Kyrie Shelton. Listen, he is, when uh, you have a body like that and height like that, <laughs> I'm going to need more out of you. And it just it didn't it just didn't. I don't know if things didn't click. I don't know if the midseason injury got in the way mentally. And I mean, he wasn't of, really doing anything before the midseason injury. He just playing couldn't finish. Yeah, he, he just, just couldn't finish. He, he, he slipped twice. He, he he whiffed on a on a would be goal in Portland, and then he slipped and fell on a would be goal in Portland. He's uh, his in that own first worst enemy. Yeah, exactly. It's tough, but I mean, there were times where there were stretches where he was getting some good minutes, and Vermees yeah, was very yeah. pleased with his movement off the ball or holding up the ball. Um, unfortunately, though, I just I was never on that in his camp. I never kind of saw the value, unfortunately. So I think it looks like he's going overseas. Yeah, Vermees said that he was likely going to be going overseas. So he's but be, even though he's going, he, he's likely going overseas. Sporting still retains his rights. Yeah. If he so, if he comes back to uh, the MLS, then Sporting will have his rights. Even if they, even if they, you know, he does decide to come back. If I'm Vermees, I'm not bringing him back just because I kind of feel like you know what he is. He's 25 years old, and that's another aspect. Once you kind of once you get to that it. age, you got to start showing something. You know, once you get to that age, like you you got to show something because you you know I mean once you start getting to 30. You don't see guys develop when they start getting to 30. Generally, no. you're in your prime once you're at 24, 25. And then once you get to 30, maybe you start falling off. Maybe you don't. Depends on, you know, if you have these freak, you know, crazy genetics like Messi and Ronaldo do. <laughs> uh, but generally, we see guys start to fall off. This is when you really start to hit your stride. And thus far, I've seen nothing from Kyrie that tells me he's going to hit his stride. That was probably um, not the biggest surprise to me, but I feel like that was the most notable um I think mentioned. what was surprising was Sinovic was brought back. Man, I think he does so much kind of under the radar. I think Seth Sinovic is such a consistent, positive impact on this team. Yeah, but, like, for most of, like, I mean, maybe the first half of the season, they weren't giving him a ton of minutes. Sure, Generally, and then they were, Madronda came yeah, in. Yeah, they, Ma- they were having Madronda go out there and, and, and play a lot. And early, on, I mean, even early in the season before Madronda was starting, they had Lobato out there playing for Sinovic. Yeah. So. It was a little surprising to see that them bring him back because they. I, it looked like they were trying. I don't know if Sinovic was hurt or whatnot, 
But it looked like they were trying to to get some other guys in to see if they had better options. And they tried many options, like we just mentioned. Jalen Lindsay had minutes there. Mm-hmm. Um, Lobato, Jimmy Madronda, obviously. Madronda, I think Madronda was better than he was. And who knows what happens if Madronda doesn't get injured. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it could likely be that, you know, he. I mean, Sinovic's probably brought back anyways for depth. But Madronda's probably the guy that's playing there instead of instead of Sinovic. But, yeah, I mean, that was a little surprising to me considering the position that they were in early in the season. But at the same time, you do keep a valuable player. Yeah, well, tough loss, that's for sure. Still a positive season. When we return, we will hear from Coach Mike Telemontes, two-time national champion with Park Pirates. Don't go anywhere. Mic on, so I turned it on, and apparently Uno Serra's is not on. I was mad because uh, he's threatening. <laughs> Julio in my ear was threatening to play Christmas music, no, like thank you, generic sir. Christmas music. Oh, so you're both coming back from music. break. No, not yet. don't you Next do week, that. We're all about I, it. I got you. No, covered. we're not about yes, it. No, Past Thanksgiving, no guys. Christmas Sorry. music on the station right now. One week from tonight. No. Yes. No, uh, he's over there just making this, threats though. over the air. We have standing by uh, a two-time NAIA national champion coach of uh, Park Pirates women's volleyball. He also coaches men, as we have mentioned. However, we're talking women right now. Coach Mike Telemontes, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing tonight? I'm still doing great. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> I love it. I'm still doing great. So you're still on a high? I mean, this is a huge accomplishment. Congratulations. Just how are things going this week? Uh, thank you. I mean, it's a, it's a great kind of busy. Um, a lot of people um, thanking the girls. We've had a celebration on campus on Monday. Um, we did a team meeting yesterday to kind of sign some volleyballs to thank some people. So, I mean, we're still joking about it and you know you know we were pitching ourselves on sunday to make sure it really happened because we couldn't play another point so um yeah we're just we're gonna enjoy this one for a while all right so columbia college ended your guys's win streak uh, in the uh in the championship match of the uh, american midwest conference champ volleyball championship you're they're the team that you also played in the naia national championship match how sweet was it to get that revenge in the biggest match of the year <laughs> it was funny because we didn't want to talk about it for two weeks. Um, <laughs> we wanted them. That was the thing. Like, we wanted them in the finals. And, um, you know, on the morning of we're doing the ESPN um, broadcast meeting, and I was talking to the head coach, and I said, you knew it was going to be us, right? You knew we were going to face off one more time, and we just kind of laughed about it. Like, it just had to be because we beat them in five to start. They beat us the second time in five. And so it just it had to come down to one more five-set war. And, um, you know, the ball bounced our way just a couple more times. And, I mean, we're very fortunate to be here, but yeah, you know, my girls wanted to compete against the best, and that's the best team out there. So we were very happy with the matchup, and I mean, obviously, it just makes the, it makes the national championship even better. Well, that has got to be great. Tell me, like, walk us through. You did such a great job on with us last week, but walk us through. I mean, you guys played how many matches in about three or four days? So we played um, pool play starts on Tuesday, and you get to play one a day. So. That seems it's difficult because you're playing three in a row, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then when you get to the elimination round, it is four matches in about 26 hours. Dang. You start at uh, 1.30. Yeah, you start at 1.30 on Friday, and the finals are 7 p.m. on um, Saturday night. So, I mean, we're just running on adrenaline, and 
I guess just adrenaline by that point. So how do you, I mean, um, how do you train and condition the girls to be ready, like even mentally for something like this? Oh, so, I mean, one of the things we talked about was taking it at one point during the tournament, we were talking about just taking it five seconds at a time. I mean, we were literally exhausted and you can just see it in their faces. Like, I mean, they're giving you everything they have. They just, there's just not much left in the tank. So we said, Five seconds. If the rally goes longer than five seconds, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll give them that point. And then, you know, um, we'll just catch our breath and move on to the next one. And so a lot of the stuff we did in the preseason was just, um, you know, controlling what we can't control. And so, you know, if a team plays well on a certain point or they, or they take a set from us, you know, hey, pass off to them. We were just going to win three sets by two points and try to advance each match. And, you know, the girls stuck with it because we're down two sets to one in the finals and we're down 12-8 in the fourth set, like, I mean, we looked dead in the water, but we had one more surge left in us, and, you know, it just it was just good enough. I mean, just looking at this schedule that you played in the uh, NAIA Volleyball National Championship, all these matches that you're playing, and, you know, the first two won, you won, you won, and uh, you won three nothing, but after that, you're playing four and five, uh, mat, you know, games per match. Uh, how do you keep your team focused mentally? considering how much fatigue they've accrued over these few days playing in this tournament? Well, I think the one thing that really helped us with this one is that we got knocked out in the quarterfinals last year, and I had six out of seven starters back. So we knew the grind. like We knew what it felt like to be in this tournament, and so we just didn't want to feel that way when you're going home, knowing that you know your season's over. You maybe could have done a little bit more. You maybe could have played a little bit harder. So from the start, I, I, like after the finals were over, I think every single member of our team, because that wasn't coaching, that wasn't luck, that was sheer determination. That was 17 people just wanting it more than the other team because it was just it was just a war. Great team on the other side of the net, well coached by Melinda Wright Washington. And so it's just sheer determination. Like they knew what it felt like to lose. They knew what it felt like to get their season ended early in the tournament and they just wanted it more. And I I, I was just happy to be a part of it. You know, I take no credit. I was just happy I could sit on the bench and, and just share that moment with them. Man, as humble as they come, I tell you what, Coach Telemontes, uh, NAIA National Coach of the Year. This is the second time you've you've earned this title as NAIA National Champion. Clearly, you're doing something right. Um, the girls are obviously lucky to play for you. I want to talk specifically about, and I haven't met her yet, so her name I might butcher, and I feel badly, but Nada Maywood, Maywad, my. Maya Watt. thank you. So, National Player of the Year. Uh, tell me just about what she brings to the team on and off the court. You, um, uh, there was a book I was reading called The Captain Class, and there was, and, and they spoke about just the intangibles that a captain brings to the team, like a Bill Russell, um, just, you know, someone that doesn't want the spotlight. And so, um, I mean, one of the best points about Nada was um, we're playing in the uh, end of the fourth set, and instead of being someone who, like, demanded the ball, she went to her sister. Her twin sisters are opposite and said, I can't do this without you. Like, she brings people with her. And so, I mean, obviously that made an emotional moment on the bench. And then you've got her talking to Selena Libero. Like, Nada is as selfless a player as it comes. And so didn't really care about stats. And, you know, we balanced our attack out for most of the season um, where we didn't give her the ball primarily. But once we got into the uh, semifinals and the finals, if you look at her numbers, it just shot through the roof. Because Donna, our setter, and I, we just said, you know, this is her time. Like, we're going to go to our best player and, you know, and see how far she can take us. And so we're saying we're giving the ball. She's telling the other players, I can't do this without you. So, I mean, this in that moment, instead of being, you know, like, I got this or I'll take it, like, she 
she brings her teammates with her because she knows what it takes to win the whole thing. And so, I mean, she knew at that point, I guess, obviously. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. These are the stories that I love. I'm over here getting emotional and the guys are laughing at me, but I love it. Um, so obviously, as you mentioned, she joined setter Donna Gomez on the first team All-America. Another um, mm-hmm. tremendous player. Uh, I've had the privilege of meeting her and just another humble, hardworking, team-oriented individual. Tell me a little bit about Donna and what she brings to the field. Oh, um, <laughs> um, only thing I told that girl is I'm going to miss her. Um, <laughs> she's worked with, I mean, she's in my starting setup for four years. And, I mean, we've been knocked out. We knocked out in pool player first year. We got knocked out in the semifinals for sophomore year, last year in the quarterfinals. And so we knew what it felt like to get knocked out. And we, and she just kept putting in the work. She got better each year. And, you know, when you've got those kids who just have the experience and the team trusts her, like, during the fourth set, you know, we're down 12-8. I burned my second time out, and I just told her, you just stick with the game plan. You've gotten us here. you just got to finish the job. We went on a five-point run, led by Rivera, you know, Lena Montero, too. But, um, you know, she just had to stick to what she knew what she could do, and, you know, you put in that much time. Four years of work, you know, so when that last point went down and Donna just crumbled to the floor and just tears are streaming down her face, I mean, I'm, I'm the happiest person in the world for her. Yeah. Like, I was so happy for her because – We've been to wars for four straight years. You know, the ball didn't bounce our way the first three. But, uh, you know, to see her get that, that title to end her career, I mean, couldn't be happy for her. And I'm going to miss that girl. I said, we're not going to replace her. Well, someone will be our setter next year, but we're not replacing Donna Gomez. Oh, man. What memories for her. That's so cool. Well, congratulations. Hats off to you. We are thrilled and, and so proud of you and the girls. Um, two times in the past couple of years. Let's make it another one next year, right? That's the goal. And we really appreciate the support. The girls think it's so cool to hear all the stories on the radio. And just, just so you know, like this is, it's been a blast this season, but also the coverage and everything you talked about, we really appreciate it. So thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we thanks love for coming it. on. Yeah, so, oh, of course, anytime. All right, well, we'll keep up with you. Looking forward to, obviously, the men's season. You are a busy guy just right around the corner, men's beginning. But, again, huge congratulations, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you again. All right. When we return, more from Bobby Volker ahead of a big MMA fight this weekend. Don't go anywhere. Is this on the playlist? <laughs> on the. It is. Oh, oh. All right. Oh, this is terrible. Listen, next week we can do all the Christmas music you want. So Just, you're saying you want more Christmas oh, music? Oh, why would yes, you do this, week. Julio? <laughs> I thought it was crunk. I hope Speck calls you into his office tomorrow. Hey, it's all... It's, I got it's, your back, Julio. I will tell him I support that you. Is, this is indefensible. <laughs> you're welcome. This is a terrible song. All right, another big thank you to Coach Telemontes giving us some time on a weeknight where he's probably on a huge high off of this big championship, but we appreciate his time and Turning the tables now to talk a little bit Kansas City Mavericks. So, lost in Indy to the Indy Fuel. Uh, stole a point, though. It was a 4-3 shootout loss, so they got one point on that one. Um, a big win that was really fun. First game televised this season on KSMO, which was uh, last Friday. Huge win over Tulsa Oilers, 6-4. But this was my first ever uh, teddy bear game. Had a great time. NHL does it. AHL does it. ECHL does it. Where fans bring teddy bears to essentially donate to children this time of the year. Um, But after the first goal from the home team, there is just a 
storm of teddy bears, and it just rains teddy bears onto the ice. What if the team doesn't score? I know. That's what I was so fearful <laughs> of. So I'm, I'm new to this, and I'm asking production team and whatnot, and they're saying uh, if that happens, then into the third period, they will just do it on one of the timeouts. <laughs> so luckily, uh, Jordan Ernst came through with that first goal, only 11 minutes in, so Mavs started off strong, which they had been a little sluggish in the past. So it was a good, um, good thing Jordan Ernst came up and got that goal. So we saw it rain, teddy bears. Big win, though, 6-4. Um, you can catch the Kansas City Mavericks tomorrow night on KSMO TV 62. Um, big game Friday, also Saturday. So uh, tune in Friday night. Come check out the game Saturday night. Um, big news in the Mavericks organization. President and GM Brent Thiessen signed a three-year contract extension. If you haven't met Brett the- Brent Thiessen, he's a tremendous guy. Um, under, under his direction, the Mavericks have earned two times now, um, I think organization of the year and just different franchises. He does a very good job, very, very professionally run, um, organization, tight ship over there, um, and all around good guys. So you want to have those people in your organization. Obviously this year was also just big with the Mavericks. Um, oh, sorry, season 10, right? So 10th year. Um, and then the hunts buying the team. So good things happening over there. Um, and now I believe, are we ready to hear from Bobby? <laughs> they, no, not, not no, right. No, we're not, not yet. yet. Okay. Uh, but I'm looking at this, uh, Maverick schedule and they're last. It is serious. The, the last time we, it, it's funny. It seems like they're playing the Allen Americans every time we talk Three about them. Three games in Cause a row. the last time we talked about them, they were, they, they were doing, I think it was a home and home and now they got two games here against the Allen Americans. Uh, yeah. Three game series. Um, they tend to do that. So I know the last big series, um, was the Wichita series. Obviously they just went to Indy, got a win over Tulsa, but now it is the Allen American. One of, one of the things that, uh, that, um, you know, we didn't get to talk about in the first time they're talking about the, about sporting Kansas city was mm-hmm. about Daniel Shalloway. Oh, yep. And about how, how great he was. In that first half of that game, where he had the goal that put them ahead, mm-hmm. he had the two near goals that got put, called back because of offside. And you're watching that game, and you're feeling like Daniel Shallowy is about to take this game over. <laughs> Comes in during the second half, and you know he sustains an injury. I think it was a hip. It might have been an ankle. I think it was a hip though. And uh, eventually, he ends up having to sub out because it's just too much for him. Now, eventually, you know they get a, they get a good replacement in Gerso. Gerso gets their second goal of the game. They make a little bit of run. He was really exciting because he was just trying to carry the team and put it on their back. He brings and them energy, doing everything. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, we, we talked about this. Uh, I think it was before the show. We were like, you know, Shallowy brings a lot to this team as far as. His ability to score, he's improved so much as a scorer oh, man, this year. Absolutely, I and mean, he was their top scorer this year. I know last year, you know, he was, he looked very green. He was still, tr- you know, trying to get used to playing at the MLS level. This year, took some major steps. But when they took him out, I mean, Gerso provided some energy, but Gerso's not going to be consistently coming off the bench and giving you a goal. They got to get another guy, you know, to who, get some offense. You know, who I was expecting to see a little bit more of um and actually the first leg at at portland christian namek yeah i really was hoping to see him i know we've already gone through it and julio gives me crap i'm just not high on Kyrie shelton um (laughs) producing a lot doing a lot on the field so i was really i mean i was on the edge of my seat any minute now we'll see nemo any minute now any minute now and we never did um so to your point i think jerso is a fantastic sub there 
you know, he came in and did his job, brings energy, found the goal. Um, I was hoping to see him more. Did you think that? Did you expect him to get in? I thought that, first off, I like, initially when they were in Portland, I thought you had to sub Shelton out right around, at the very latest, the 75th minute. Mm-hmm. I was like, 75th minute, Shelton's got to go. Somebody's got to come in. Shelton's not getting it done. They need somebody in there, especially after he whiffed on the goal and then <laughs> slipped on the other one. It would have been a well, goal. Well, you got to feel bad because you know he's he, essentially like this is a blow to his ego. You know he's only there because Diego Rubio is out on, yeah. on yellow cards, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's got to be hard. But, I mean, take that as motivation, right? Like, take that and go with it. But yeah. I mean, didn't really see anything. Like, better. my thing was ju- is just like you got to do something. You got to make some kind of move and get and I and I understand like I don't think Vermees wanted to make that move because I think for him he's like, you know, Kyrie's been playing this team. Shelton knows what he's doing. He's been he's been here all season long and we're just bringing a Namath in off the, you know, you know, in uh, from New England. You know, he's just coming out of nowhere. He's still got, trying to get used to the system that we're running. But he's and, not you know, a stranger, there. a complete stranger. I mean, yeah, when I mean, was yeah. he here last five years ago uh, when we won MLS Cup? Yeah, but like. <laughs> just saying. It's been, that was years ago. Though. Yes. And, and now this is a totally different, different team, especially on the front line where, you know, Johnny Russell, Shallowy, those are guys that he did not play with when he was here very last. Dark. And so, Ilie, very different. yeah, didn't I play with Ilie, didn't play with Similar Felipe. style, though. It's always going to be Peter yeah, Rose's style. Like, yeah, but then, I mean, it's still, it's a different team, though. And a lot of times yeah. when you have different talent, your system changes. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm a Real Madrid fan, too. And the team has changed <laughs> drastically since Cristiano Ronaldo betrayed us and went to Italy to go play for <laughs> Juventus. But nonetheless, I mean, it's a different squad. Things change when you have different talent. Sure. And so, for me, I'm just like, I mean, at a certain point, even if that changes, you got to make some kind of move yeah. when your season is on the line here. Yeah. And I was saying this, like, I didn't really feel too comfortable with the 0-0 draw after Portland. Yeah, that was tough. I, I mean, you never know what you're going to get when it gets down to playoffs. Uh, I think it was a big accomplishment to keep them, you know, scoreless. But, yes, I do think that that was, you know, obviously a, yeah, a letdown. Because the road, and to me, it's because of the road goal the road situation. Goal, yeah. And, like, I don't like that tiebreaker. I it just it. I'd rather you if you finish and there's an aggregate, you just do a shootout. <laughs> I'd rather you do that because it's exciting. It's more fun than oh, we're road goals. Like I just if you if there's a draw on the aggregate, then just you know do a shootout, do PKs, keep shooting until somebody misses. Like I'd much rather you do that because I think it'd be more exciting for the fans. Right. But and I have heard rumblings about that situation. Yeah, that they should do it because the I, road goals thing is stupid. You never know what's going to happen. But I heard rumblings about it from some pretty serious people. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that changes next year. But. Yeah, but it's just like it's for me. It was like there's there had to be a move made yeah. at the end of that. You know, towards the end of that of that first game in the second half, and yeah, it, it didn't happen. I mean, and, take out Shelton, put in Nemo. The whole game changes to me personally. I just, think so. Yeah. And that's and that's the reason why, like, this offseason they have to make a move yeah. to find somebody that can play that nine. Well, I think they certainly have everything necessary to bring in talent. They have the money. They have the facilities. They have the, you know, tradition of success, if you will. So I think it's just a matter of looking and finding the right fit and bringing them in. But to your point back about Daniel, again, I have to go back to um, thinking past just this match. So I think this season for Daniel Shallowy is a great example the kid evolved into, I mean, last year he was fighting for minutes. This year he's the Golden Boot Award winner. Yeah. So I think if you can get past this one match and just remember to celebrate the seasons and the season and the positives, I mean, Daniel Shallowy is an example of that. I mean, he grew into 
a confident, we keep using that word with him, but I mean, the kid can find the back of the goal. Um, and he's just smart. He's getting smarter. Obviously, when you get into a system, the more minutes and whatnot, you get better. But again, I think it's just important to look past just this one match and think about how successful this yeah, is. Yeah, but it, it, you know, it still kind of leaves oh, a bad... It's, it's, it's especially, a fresh wound. It's not, it's not even that... Like, it'd be different if they would have lost on the road goals yeah. situation. Like, because, yeah. again, that's stupid. But <laughs> they lost at home. They lost at the place that players voted was the place they le- least likely wanted to play. They least wanted to play at because of how hostile the environment is. And that last goal was just like. I mean, that was to yeah, heart. that was that was one of those garbage time. You know, the I team think by had, that time they, were they had like, sold out on offense anyway. Yeah. So I don't blame them for that. But it was just it was one of those. It, it was really really debilitating there to lose at home like that. It's just I so mean, unheard of. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that's not how you want to see your 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 season go go down. Like it'd be different if you know you go to Atlanta in the MLS Cup, and then, right. I mean, they got two guys who are probably going to be playing in Europe next year, <laughs> and Almiron and, and Martinez. Like, those guys, definitely Almiron is, you know, there's Murray, you know, yeah. murmurs he's going to go play in the EPL. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, for sure, if you're not, if you're a team in Europe and you need scoring and you're not talking to Atlanta United trying to get Martinez, you're stupid. I think they're talking, but I don't think he's interested in going just yet. He, my should, he should. He's yeah. 25. Go get your money. Well, listen, let's go to break. We're going to try to grab Bobby Volker, trying to get a conversation with him before his fight Saturday, and also a little bit of UMKC and Kansas City Comets when we return. And we are back in with more Christmas music, and I love it. I'm not going to lie. Thank you, you, know, Joey. You know, Sarah just, like, turns his mic off. <laughs> I didn't even have my headphones in because I didn't know it was going to come. <laughs> All right, last segment is owned by soccer. So we're going Comets. We're going U.S. soccer, men's and women's. But first, we're going to throw out some UMKC women's basketball. Shout out to Coach J.C. Hoyt. She does amazing things with those girls. They are at Mizzou right now. Last time I checked, they were down by 13. Um, but coming off a big win at North Dakota State. So that was a big road win for them where Erica Mattingly one uh, WAC Player of the Week. And then just tonight at Mizzou, uh, senior forward Kristen Moore reached 1,000 points in her four years for the Ruse. Big accomplishment there, um, especially with a tough interstate game like Mizzou. So check them out. We'll be checking on scores there. And then turning the tables back to soccer, Kansas City Comets actually fell to the Milwaukee Wave in the season opener at Milwaukee, 10-6. But, you know, you hear 10-6, that's a high-scoring game. That's what this ML, MASL League is all about. Super exciting, um, lots of goals, lots of entertainment. You've been to a game, right? I, have not, I haven't been to an indoor soccer game. You though. should absolutely check them out. Um, obviously, I'm biased. I worked with the team for a couple years. They're great guys. Uh, but You just, work with every team that, that's do, here in the city. Especially if it's soccer. No, I'm kidding. Uh, just a fun environment, fun atmosphere. They're just so cheeky. They're so um, creative. It's a fun game. Have you been to a, an indoor game, Comets? Yeah, I have. It's been a few years. Yeah, yeah. You, play, you played indoor soccer, right? I played qu- for quite a few years. I did. It's, it's a, exciting. It's, it's a, a different fun game. Ga- it's a different type of game. It's it way is. more fast-paced. Oh, yeah. It's, it's more technical. More physical as well. So mm-hmm. it's it's a really fun game. If you've never done it, it's it's fun. It's it's like hockey. 
You have to go there to be able to appreciate it. And experience it. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, I still can't see the puck either way. Whether it's on TV <laughs> or live, I can't see the puck. Well, it's hard we've for talked me to about it. Comets now have the blue turf, so you should be able to see the white ball quite well. Oh, yeah, the indoor soccer. Yeah, but when I go to <laughs> hockey games, it's like, I, yeah. can't, I can't even see the puck. That's something. How can I enjoy but this? <laughs> check them out. Um, their home opener will be December 13th, 6.30 p.m. at Silverstein Eye Center Arena. You can grab um, tickets at CaseyComets.com. Um, and then obviously staying with soccer, but turning the tables to U.S. soccer. We're going to go ladies first because it's just the right thing to do. Uh, oh, the is women. It? Is it the right thing to do? Winners. Winners. That's all I'm going to say. Winners first. Um, <laughs> big week for the ladies. So tomorrow, December 8th, 1 p.m. on FS2, you, we will have the draw for the World And if Cup. you speak Spanish, it's on Telemundo <laughs> and Universo <laughs> as <bad>. well. <laughs> And um, it'll be on, I think it's on FIFA's website as well. And it's probably on, like, you can watch live on Twitter, I'm sure, if you check them out. US. Yeah, you can soccer. watch it on Periscope. You can probably Anything. watch it on Twitch, um, IGN. <laughs> but big deal for them. So 24 teams will be put into six groups. And then obviously, um, you know, they will go from there. But really cool, the women's team is doing a couple games around. So they've got a couple games in January. And then the She Believes Cup. April Friendlies and the Send-Off Series, and they're going to visit 10 different cities in the United States. So Philly, Nashville, Tampa, Denver, L.A., Santa Clara, St. Louis, which I'm thrilled about because that is absolutely driving distance, um, and especially with it being the Send-Off Series, so you can catch the ladies there. But let's turn the tables to the men's side of things, and very big news, long-awaited news, uh, the leader has been appointed. Yeah, the head coach for the U.S. men's national team, Greg Berhalter who was previously the head coach for the Columbus Crew SC and uh, is now taking over. He had a lot of success when he was at Columbus Crew, saw numerous deep pushes into the playoffs, even made an MLS Cup championship game, though they lost, I believe it was to Seattle. Um, But he has made uh, some – he's had a lot of success in Major League Soccer. And I know a lot of people are like, yeah, this guy is – he is a U.S. coach through and through. And like I feel like here in America, we want the guy who has experience doing it the way that we've done it. You know, that's the reason why a lot of people were okay with them bringing back Bruce Arena after they got rid of Jurgen Klinsmann. And they were okay with getting rid of Jurgen Klinsmann because he did things differently. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people didn't like that. I am here to tell you right now, that I don't really believe Burhalter is the kind of guy they need to turn things around really? and do what the women are doing, because, like, first and foremost, like they're they're not. I don't think they're ever going to be a powerhouse on the men's side because the athletes that are playing sports as males are playing football, basketball, and baseball before they're playing soccer here in America. Meanwhile, for women, soccer is probably one of the top two. Maybe that or maybe or that three. or softball, basketball. Like, yeah, basketball Volleyball. too. Like, uh, I I'd depends probably, on the region. I, I think I think it's it like soccer is like up there, top two, maybe three. I think it's growing, but there are still plenty of high school programs that ha- do not have. Oh yeah, soccer. oh yeah, or I know. Soccer for oh that yeah, matter. oh yeah. But even then, like I think the women's soccer, as far as the athletes go, for for that pool, for the pool of talent that they have in the U.S. The athletes they get are much better than the men's town than the men's athletes are because there's other sports that are more popular with men, and so that's the reason why I feel like it's just going to be so difficult unless soccer's popularity really starts to jump up here. I don't, I just don't really feel like he's going to be able to make them into a perennial powerhouse. 
And so the way he's going to have to be able to make them a team that can compete is by doing things way different than the way we've done them. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to do it, though, because I just don't really feel like that's like I don't I don't feel like that's what he's about. Are you talking like his demeanor, and his demeanor, how he's going to, you know, how he's going to go about building, you know, deciding, yeah, OK, we're going to have this style, this formation out here. We're going to put these people out there on the field. Like one of the things that U.S. soccer has been accused of has been focusing on pushing guys who are in the MLS more than guys who are over in Europe. Now, I mean, they still play a lot of guys who are over in Europe because the guys who are over in Europe are too good to not play. <laughs> Christian Pulisic is like a you know, prime example of that. You know, uh, yeah. there was there were stints, I think, when Bradley was playing over in Europe. To, uh, Howard, he was over there. He was playing over in Europe for a time. Same thing with Josie Altador. Um, you've had numerous guys who've played over in Europe and also played on the national team. But there still is this feeling that they push more the guys who are in the MLS. And U.S. soccer has really let down uh, their players with how they've managed because I really thought Klinsman, was really making strides with getting these guys prepared mentally mm -hmm. to go out and play guys who are from Europe and play guys from South America because they do things way differently. Way different. And if you want to get them ready to play those guys, you got to do it the way they are because it's working over there. Uh, certainly. And I think, um, first of all, I think whoever takes this job, obviously Burhalter has been named. So I think the amount of stress and responsibility placed on this one person is massive. But in the same kind of breath there, I don't think that it's just him. So I think it's going to be who he brings in to support him, who's around him. Uh, and I think also with, unfortunately, not qualifying last year, I think that, and Peter Vermees brought this up, I think that U.S. soccer started the next day with changing everything that is the identity of the U.S. soccer program, specifically the men's side. So looking more into youth, what are we doing from the start? Because I think you have to start from the beginning. And if you do compare, you know, MLS players or players born and raised in the U.S. versus overseas, the difference is they start earlier and they just are more intense from a, an earlier age. So I think that all of those things need to come into play. Yes, he's the top. He's the pinnacle, like the head coach of the first team, obviously. However, and this is something Peter Vermees does, obviously here with the homegrown program, clubs, et cetera, you have to start from the beginning, the bottom. So the youth programs, educating your coaches better, and it goes up from there. But this guy... I mean, he's come out and said he's ready for the challenge. I mean, obviously he has to, right? Well, he's going to um, say that, yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's, you know, kind of made some points about ball, ball circulation, breaking lines, creating chances. Um, you know, it seems as if he has some ideas put forth. But like you said, yeah, I mean, you're not going to know until. To me, it's, he, it's he even. does it's, some work with the team. Like, it's until more so it. than just simply the manager. It's also the organization as a whole. Like, m me and you have been in agreement with this. Vermees should have been the guy. If he would have wanted that job, I don't think he wanted the job. It's but so if, hard to say that because I think he's the type of person with a plan and yeah. strategy behind it mm -hmm. and execution. I don't know if U.S. soccer would really yeah. give it yeah. over all the control we said to that. him. We said that like he's the guy they need but not the guy that they want. Exactly. Because they want a guy that they could control. And mold and yeah. manipulate. And, and they're like, bit. hey, we're doing things our way. This is uh, you know, something that like Jonathan Gonzalez, very young player, American mm -hmm. shows Mexico because they were too arrogant because U.S. soccer was too arrogant and they thought they were above doing what everyone else is doing. And, you know, as you've stated before, you know, uh, 
building that youth program up, going out and trying to get young. I, when Jurgen Klinsmann left, uh, uh, what is it, Landon Donovan, mm-hmm. off of the, the World Cup team four years ago, people threw fits. Yeah. And I'm looking at this, I'm like, Landon Donovan's old. <laughs> like, why would you keep him on the team? Like, David Villa, who's still really good, by the way. <laughs> David Villa's still really good. He, he he made the he, he he now he left New York City FC now he's playing for Vesel Kobe over in Japan you know he's still really talented though and there was even talk that he might have he might have a chance of playing in the World Cup this year they wanted him out they let him go he's not, he wasn't playing on the national team the Spanish national team even though they were because they were trying to go young and build up their talent so you're saying he came in and made some moves and yeah made and, a and he did there. things differently and they didn't like it that's what you got to do you got to do it how the winners are doing it because there's a reason why they're winning well we'll see what greg burholder does with the u.s men's soccer team uh you can catch them in action as early as january 27th versus panama 8 p.m in glendale arizona catch them on espn2 um wrapping up the show tonight lots of soccer Lots of great, uh, lots of good things going on, UMPC Women's Basketball, and of course, the national champions. Calvin Benjamin to the Chiefs, (laughs) Super Bowl Chiefs. And welcome back, Chuck Andrick West. Lots of things going on this weekend. Catch the Mavericks on KSMO TV 62 tomorrow. Puck drop at 7.05. Catch you next week.